you have arrived at key ladders podcast this podcast is all about investing in residential rental real estate your host is william anderson experienced in all things residential rental real estate give mr anderson a few minutes of your time and he will pass along some great advice suggestions or information you can use to help build wealth after this podcast please go to keyladder.com and read our blog articles consider enrolling in one of our great courses to learn more about investing in residential rental real estate welcome to another key ladder podcast today we're going to talk about property insurance rates which are challenging for investors more so recently than in the past although insurance rates bounce around depending on where you are in the country and what type of risks they have to cover we're talking about the type of property insurance that includes all the risks that are involved in your particular area which could be wind hail for example in one area that might be uh, flooding in another area but I'd like to be more specific in this conversation we're going to leave the flood insurance out that is another whole conversation that we'll have with a different podcast this time we're going to talk about the property insurance itself and the high cost of that insurance given that there are so many factors in the economy right now pushing those rates up now in addition to the fact that the insurance companies would like to make a profit like everybody else and I'm talking to business owners here investors that can understand that but we have a almost perfect storm here with insurance rates which are causing a lot of grief challenges for investors and the factors that are involved of course are the high inflation that we're into right now I'm not going to discuss how we got there that's a another conversation that I'd prefer not to have you can read all about that on the internet or go to the various TV channels and watch the business news the fact is we're at eight percent now and possibly even climbing higher than that for inflation that is pushing insurance up the additional costs that are involved in the insurance rate increases are of course the building costs now they've come down a little bit from where they were just after the pandemic scare that we went through uh, however because inflation now has grabbed those prices and started to push them back up again we have a severe labor shortage in the a manual arts industry for example anyone that swings a hammer or does work with their hands there is a severe shortage of those skilled workers out there and that means that builders and others are having to pay a lot more money to get what's out there of course then if your house is destroyed in a storm you're going to have to find someone to fix your house and it's going to be harder to find a company that has the team that they can put on your house right away and you'll end up paying more for that and of course the insurance companies have to insure for the replacement value of your house all of that is factored in so you have inflation which is a key driver here and of course inflation and higher prices on materials and in labor that's all kind of combined in that one package so to speak except more so for housing than maybe some other things in the economy 
Then you have all of the risks that the insurance companies have had to cover. And it seems that every time there's a natural disaster between the fraud that's involved, and no one really knows how much that is, but it's it's probably somewhat significant, and the actual cost of replacing everything going up and up and up, and then things becoming more expensive in general. In other words, the housing prices, the value of the houses are higher as well. So those replacement values are calculated on a whole bunch of factors, including the materials that they have to use to rebuild those homes, and those those just being pushed up higher and higher. All of that is rolling out to the average investor paying more money now for insurance than they paid last year or the year before. Now, I am fortunate living here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast to have gone through a period of time when insurance rates were actually declining after many years of high increases from the previous hurricane. Then the prices started to come down, so I actually saw a reduction for several years after I moved here before that price stabilized and now it started to come back up. And it's coming back up with a vengeance. I'll give you an example. One of my investment properties uh, is a house that was built in 1955, which sounds like it's old, 70-some years old. However, it had a complete studs-out remodel right after Hurricane Katrina in 2006. That means that the house, for all intents and purposes, is new. All of the electrical wiring, all of the plumbing, the flooring, drywall, everything was all replaced. Now, normally, the insurance companies will reset their uh, target, for example, and they'll say, well, that house is built in 54. However, because you had a studs-out remodel for everything, including a new roof, we're going to uh, reset the calendar on that house, and we're going to start it from 2006, and we're going to give you a rate based on a home that was built in 2006. Then they'll come out, and then they'll inspect it, and they'll say, yes, we agree with all of that. But what's happened here is that the rates are going up so fast, I'm not sure that the insurance companies are be able to grapple with the actual cost increases across the board for everything involved, as I mentioned before. So they're pushing those rates up high enough to be able to more or less guess where they're going to show up, say, in six months or nine months during your policy period. So the one property I just mentioned had been coming down in price, and then it went from $1,800 to $4,000 in one year only. Now, I'm in the process, just as I'm speaking, which is what's caused me to do this podcast, to shop around, and that's what I'm going to suggest that you do as well. Now, you're an investor, so investors know that they're going to have to be insured if they are financing their property. And even if they aren't financing their property, it's a big risk to take not to have adequate insurance on that property. You need to have the type of insurance on your property that will rebuild that house or that building if there is a hurricane or some other type of damage to it, maybe a fire or a flood, for example. Again, I'm not going to talk about the flood insurance, but nevertheless, you need to be insured for all risks and make sure that that insurance is adequate. 
a lot of people don't understand how insurance works and they'll take a look at a property they pay three hundred thousand dollars for and they'll wonder why the insurance company wants to insure it for four hundred and fifty thousand dollars and I've argued that in the past before I knew what it was all about and people do regularly according to my insurance broker so I'm explaining to you here if you don't already know that that's the replacement value on that house that's based on all those factors I already mentioned to you such as the cost of lumber the cost of labor you know we have a severe labor shortage going on right now and that contributes significantly to what's going on there aren't enough people to rebuild or to build houses that's just a fact somehow a lot of people simply disappeared from the workforce during the COVID period of time nobody knows where they went to maybe it's a science fiction thing where they simply just disappeared the fact is there aren't enough workers to do all the work that's required then you lump on top of that a big natural disaster such as the recent hurricane over in Florida where there weren't enough workers there just to begin with and now you have to bring people in from all over the country to help rebuild those houses the costs are gone through the roof and the insurance companies have to pay those bills and you are paying the insurance company a higher rate because of that now I understand that the rates in Florida for example along the coast are already very high with about four thousand dollars a year being the average for a homeowners policy there for example uh, and that's high so I'm now seeing some of those rates all along the Mississippi Gulf Coast that's over in Alabama as well the insurance companies are continuing to raise their rates even though they had a fairly risk-free year now something you should also understand that because you may live in a zone with some high risks such as flooding or as uh, high winds or um, a fire area for example all of this is all lumped together nationally so when all of those fires were burning up California up and down and some of the other western states the enormous cost of fighting those fires that anything that was insured plus the homes and all the property that were damaged in those fires all of that's factored in with the insurance company's risk and so you could be in an area that has been completely untouched and yet your rates are going to go up pretty high because 3,000 miles away there were lots of losses to the insurance companies my point is this that insurance affects the cost of the property and the return on investment these higher insurance rates have to be taken into consideration when you invest in property now I am a real estate broker so in theory I shouldn't be saying anything negative here on this podcast about how these insurance rates will affect and maybe dramatically affect people's ability to invest in property that is just a fact of life and I'd love not to say that however the thing I can say which I feel good about is that those rates are likely to come down over a period of time it'll be several years before they do but just as home prices are slipping right now not at a tremendous rate nationally and certainly in my area they're, they're slipping only a little bit 
they will continue to slip probably for a while and then the prices will go back up again and I'm talking to you about the history uh, of pricing going all the way back to 1965 you're welcome to go to our articles that we've written about this at keyladder.com and read our blog article that explain information that we obtained from the Fed St. Louis office on the historical nature of housing prices from 1965 up to uh, the last couple of years and you can see that prices go up and prices go down there is a cycle there isn't any true science that cycle however it seems as if we've had uh, two downturns in the last 20 years I remember the first one that I can recall was at the end of the 1990s and then the next one was at the end of the zeros which is 2008 9 10 whatever year you feel uh, you were first hit by a problem and then here we are again in 2022 with in 2023 with yet another one of those downturns now the uh, last downturn was a big one that was a major one and we don't expect to see that coming this time however as prices are coming down on the houses so are then the costs and the monthly payment on those houses for investors who are wanting to buy new property they'll be paying a lower monthly payment on their mortgage but they will be paying a higher monthly payment on their insurance and hopefully the houses will come down a little bit further in price I know that's painful for those of you that already own property but again all you have to do is just hold on to those properties prices will go back up but buying in the down cycle will help to offset the higher insurance rates somewhat now remember the insurance rates are on the rebuild cost which has no relationship to the actual purchase price of the house per se there may be some factor in the uh, analytics that the insurance companies use but generally speaking it's all about the rebuild cost now with inflation being high and the demand for housing softening a bit it could cause a reduction in the cost of building materials and that's more than likely going to happen because the Fed is trying to reduce the spending out there in order to reduce inflation if that happens then in theory the insurance companies won't be able to justify at least that portion of their price increases maybe those increases will be mitigated a little bit but it's been my experience that they probably won't stop the price increases there will be a something else that happens so even if the economy was in great shape and we were back down to two percent again all we need is a massive storm or hurricane someplace and that will cause those rates to go back up so you wonder what the whole point of this podcast is well in part it's that you should plan on higher insurance rates in years two three four and five for example if you're going to do a buy and hold for five years figure this that's going to be higher take a look at what the rate is going to be or what it has been for the last couple of two or three years and plug that rate into your formula you can put in a four or five or six or eight or ten percent increase make sure that it is reasonable based on the type of increases that we've already had and planned for it 
Because if you don't plan for that and that hits you at $200 a month or $250 a month, that could wipe out your profit margin and you'll be sitting on a property for several years until rents can go up high enough to compensate for that if they actually do. So it's important that you plan on the fact that we're here in a higher insurance rate environment and that those insurance rates are going to continue to go up. Now unfortunately there isn't much you can do to get your insurance rates down except to shop for insurance. And I will tell you what I tell my clients is that you should shop for insurance every year when you get a big increase. If you get a reasonable increase of $100 or something like that, don't bother with it. You're probably not going to do better. But if you get a big increase, such as the $2,000 that I did, I am in the process of shopping right now, and I've already gotten one quote that's lower. I'm going to get a couple more. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to move forward. But it's important that if you are in the process of shopping, you don't have much time to do that. You get about 30 days from the time that they notify you of the new price until your insurance will expire if you don't renew it. But you've got to get ahead of your mortgage company automatically paying that bill and then having a, a big situation where the old company has been paid and yet the new company needs to be paid. So my point is this move quickly contact your insurance broker get those quotes make a decision and then immediately notify the mortgage company that you've decided to go with a different company and not to pay the old company that way you won't be left without insurance because the insurance money is already gone from your escrow account uh, and you won't be forced to pay the insurance now i can tell you all about this i've been through it before where I've actually had to pay for the insurance myself because the mortgage company couldn't move fast enough, it took too long, or I didn't get a notification that the rate was going to go up until four or five days before it actually went up. And that is not uncommon. You need to stay on top of the insurance. If you rely on your broker entirely to make sure that you know 30 days in advance once in a while you're going to be let down unless you have one of those extremely rare people who can keep track of all five or six hundred of their clients and all those insurance renewals it's a lot of paperwork and it's a lot to do and basically if they don't track this for you and you let that insurance expire you could be in big trouble the problem in high risk areas is that there are fewer companies that cover the high risk in those areas this isn't like going to all the national companies and saying, oh, yeah, I just want insurance on my property. Uh, and, you know, all the ones that advertise on TV, Liberty Mutual, all those, most of them do not get involved in the high-risk policies, such as the wind and hail policies, for example. So you have to go to a local company, and there are fewer and fewer local companies available that will actually insure you. So when you've got a policy and a good policy, you've been able to shop around, you have time to do that, and you get that policy, be sure you pay that bill because it's likely that we'll be notified at some point that your insurance is going to be canceled because the carrier no longer wants to insure that type of risk in your state. This is very common. 
I can't tell you the number of times I've had to go shop around for a policy because my policy is not going to be renewed. It has nothing to do with me or my property itself. It's that that company says, well, we've had enough risk in this state. We're not going to come back again. And then you're not the only one. Those tens of thousands of people that receive that notice, they're all looking around for insurance. And you need that insurance because if you don't have it and you have a mortgage and that mortgage company is notified you don't have insurance, they can go through the foreclosure process. So it's very important that you keep that insurance up to date. Now, if you don't want insurance, then pay cash for your property. Uh, but then again, you have all that tremendous risk out there depending on where your property is located. So I don't recommend that for anybody. I think that the use of other people's money certainly incorporates the use of insurance because that's essentially somebody else's money too when you have to make a claim. Most of us will never pay enough in on a single property to ever cover an entire rebuild cost on that property. If you're paying $2,000 a year, for example, consider how many years you'd have to pay on that house if there was a, it was worth $200,000 and it was completely destroyed. That's the whole idea of insurance, the pooled risk uh, concept. Uh, there are some things you can do to make sure that your policy stays in effect. And one of them is to make sure that you are following all of their guidelines about the property itself. They're going to send an inspector out, and that inspector is going to report back. And if that property looks good, there you have insurance through the entire period of time. If it doesn't, you'll get a notification that you need to fix this or that. And if you do, you can keep your policy. If you don't, your policy expires. Sometimes people ignore those notices and their policies expire. And as I said, you go through this whole process. It's even more difficult to get reinsured if you have allowed your policy to expire because you didn't fix whatever it is they want you to fix. Now the inspectors are harder now than they've ever been before. They don't wait four, five, six months into a policy any longer. Sometimes they're out there the week after the property is closed on. So it's very, very important that you make sure that there's any safety issues are taken care of. Anything that could cause that policy to be canceled because if they come by and do an inspection and tell you that you need to fix some things, they're not going to give you a lot of time to do that. So it's important that you give that consideration and pay attention. If you know that that inspector is going to come by in a couple of days or three days or so because they're going to call you to make an appointment, be sure you get over to the place and make sure that anything is fixed that would cause them to uh, write up a, a note and say, hey, you better fix this or you're going to lose your policy. Well, that's all I really wanted to communicate at this point. Uh, we'll keep you up to date in future podcasts on the insurance. It's just for you as an investor, it's important that you consider the cost of insurance. Don't do all your other work and consider what the mortgage is going to be and the fact that you got a good deal on the house. You also have to factor that monthly cost that's going to go out and when you go through the financing process, they're going to take a look at your ratios and the cost of insurance are going to be part of that ratio as well if you're doing that type of financing on your investment property. 
Uh, same thing with your uh, with your own property. Uh, I know of one case where one of my clients, I'm selling their house, um, the people that were buying the house found out that their insurance, by the way, was about $4,000 for a uh, flood policy. And the ratios were way out of whack after that came in because they thought it was going to be right around $1,000. And they actually couldn't qualify to buy. So fortunately, my client decided to do owner financing that allowed them to buy. Otherwise, they would have been frozen out from that house or anything else on water that they were looking at because of the flood insurance cost premium. Well, thank you very much for coming to our podcast and please go to our blog articles at keyladder.com continue to come back to our site also if you are interested in becoming a full-time or professional investor you need to take one of our courses we offer two courses right now our master course on investing in rental property and also our course on investing in vacation rental property. Either one of those courses will put you on the right path to be very successful in investing in rental properties. We have two free mini courses to give you just a taste of what our regular courses are like. So please go to our website and push the button and take one of those courses and please let us know what you think. Thank you again for coming to our podcast. We hope that you come to the future ones and go to our website often to read new articles. Thank you.